You are now listening to another episode of Saints Edified. I'm your host Arturo, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in. If you would like to support this ministry, please visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash saintsedified. You may also visit our website and check out the Saints Edified merchandise and accessories, including the highly requested 15-ounce Sole de Gloria mug. To visit our website, just go to www.saintsedified.com. On this episode, I have highlighted parts of interviews, discussions, and previous episodes that touch on specific topics. You can visit the Saints Edified YouTube page to watch and listen to the full audio and video clips of these segments. I will also provide links with brief descriptions of each clip I use for your convenience. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me. You may do so by going to our Facebook page, or you can go ahead and just email me, saintsedified at dma.com. Saints, I hope you enjoyed this episode. is the relation between the heart and mind when preparing yourself for apologetic ministry or evangelism? Well, it depends what you mean by heart and mind. A lot of people think like the mind deals with the intellect and the heart deals with your emotions or something like that. And that's not necessarily the case biblically. Okay. Uh, the heart is often understood um, as the seat of the will, that intellectual capacity that goes into decision-making. It could also refer to the innermost parts of someone's being. Okay. So I think I, so I often understand heart and mind to be one and the same. So okay. it's really when I'm preparing my heart to engage, I'm really preparing my mind. And part of that preparation is to include all of the content of scripture as it pertains to what the Bible has to say about my conduct. You, okay. you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. so you're not, you can't do good apologetics while being a jerk because right. part about being gentle and respectful is part of the apologetical task. You're defending the faith, not merely with your arguments, but you're also defending the faith by your conduct. Some people have called this incarnational apologetics. Mm. It's kind of like defending the faith in the flesh, like how you actually act and and stuff like that. So um, I think they go hand in hand. They are inextricably inseparable. Uh, We have to go into uh, discussions with that mindset that we we are representing Christ. And so we should act in a manner that is consistent with the character of Christ. Now you're not right. going to please everyone. Just as you just showered me with all these compliments of how nice I am yeah. in those same discussions that you have based that, that description of me, there are people in the comments say, Oh, that guy was a jerk. You know, <laughs> like I was so arrogant and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, really, I really tried to be super nice. Like, come on, man. You know? um, so you're, you're not going to please. If you think I'm nice and a lot of people have said, and I appreciate that. And even my opponents to thank you, you know, um, but if that's still, People are going to say, well, you know, he's a jerk. He's arrogant, you know. Well, what are you, you going to do? The right, best exactly. you can do, yeah, the best you can do is, is represent Christ the best way you know how and right. to try your best to be consistent with the character with which Jesus uh, showed when he was interacting with his interlocutors and, and leave the rest up to the Lord. But you have to be equipped with both the intellectual arguments and the, the conduct with which you are to engage those arguments and to put forth those arguments. Um, presuppositional apologists are often known, especially online, for being complete and utter jerks. And, mm-hmm. and part of my desire to show respect to my opponent is because I have been disenfranchised by what many presuppositionalists online have done. So my motivations are both scriptural and my desire to rectify how presuppositional apologists are often perceived um, in the public arena. Right. And so it's, it's good to hear, not to pat my own my own pride, but it's good to hear when someone says, hey, that presuppositionalist was a little different than the one that I heard the other day. If someone says that, that's a victory won because 
if you like me a little more, then perhaps you'll be more open to hearing me lay out my argument and there can be more, a cl more clearer lines of communication. Right, right. You see, you see what I'm saying? So being nice to someone and respectful is both biblical. I want to do it because I genuinely respect that person as an image bearer of God. But also, also strategically, it's helpful because it opens lines of communication and um, allows the opponent to not necessarily have all their guards up. I think when you have all your guards up, um, on the one hand, yes, you need to have your defenses up. But on the other hand, you can have your defenses so much up that you fail to actually listen to what the other person is saying. And so I think biblically, we need to act that way. And strategically, I think it's just better for communication when we respect our opponent. Yeah. And, and also, too, man, um, like in Second Timothy uh, 2, 24, 26, uh, it says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but, uh, but kind to everyone, able to teach, right. patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to knowledge of truth. Um, and then I'll, I'll keep reading here. It says, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, you know, correcting his opponents with gentleness, right? God and parents grant them repentance. So, uh, so earlier, yeah, and I do agree with you about the heart and the, uh, the, heart and the mind. You know, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, but but it, is, it is kind of strange, though, at times, you know, uh, we, we see this a lot with our Calvinist brothers, you know, who mm -hmm. want to separate any kind of affection or, or, or demonstration of love, right? A frozen chosen. Yeah, right? frozen chosen. Yeah, yeah. And, but, 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 but in our reality, man, we, we have to be gentle. We have to be kind. Um, what, what helped me in the past, man, was, uh, was, was understanding, as a Calvinist, understanding that there's an elect out there. Like, mm -hmm. I, ha I, have, I have brothers and sisters out there that, 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 that are not yet, you know what I mean? And, and, and God may use me to, uh, for him to save them, right? So you find that helpful, man? Because, I mean, it, it, could, it could be very tiring when you debate all the time and talk to these atheists. Um, some of them are very rude. It can't just be because you love the intellectual exercise, you know? What, what helps you maintain this uh, zeal and hope when talking to atheists um, online? Yeah. Well, uh, definitely my theology has a lot to do with that. To know that there is an elect um, is helpful because uh, it's not an issue of me just, it's based upon my ability to convince someone. I do understand that I, have, I play a part, mm. but God plays that ultimate part bringing those who yes. belong to him unto himself and so right. that alleviates some of the stress uh of like oh my goodness i you know i have to do this perfectly or else it's all on me you know like right. um someone's eternal destiny is not held in my hand right you see what i'm saying um i am the means right mm -hmm. um so i think understanding that god has a people allows me to take comfort in the fact that that aspect of conversion is not ultimately in my hands. And so that is very helpful. It's, 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 um, it takes away some of the stress right. of the entire, you know, the entire thing that I'm doing. Um, and yeah, it, it allows me to focus more on the person instead of merely winning the argument. Like I have to win the argument because I have to prove my point because <laughs> right, right. I, it, it's, it's, it, I, without having that worry, of converting the person, I can focus more on that person where they are and not have to always worry about that intellectual side, but I can, I can right. talk to them as a, an image bearer of God and to really show affection, my concern for the person or, or some, things like that. So yeah, and I think our theology informs that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? If you, if you have a false theology in regards to how that all works out, that might change your perspective on how you, um, you, know, you evangelize and things like that. But let, 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 let's be straight. The Calvinist loves the uh, unbeliever because 
we're, we're called to have a love for the lost and, and the Arminian does. Right. You, you see, we, we all are called to love at the, the lost person. And this is something that's common. This unifies the different traditions within, uh, within Christianity. How that all plays out is the difference, but we all should have that kind of affection for the person. And we should treat that person in a way that's consistent with what we profess. Sometimes we will be harsh with people and we'll talk down with people, but then in our own false sense of piety, we're doing that because we need to speak the truth. It's like, <laughs> get out of here, bro. You can speak right. the truth and be a less of a jerk, yeah. right? A lot of us can come off really, really um, arrogant and prideful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we hide behind the language of love when in fact, that's not really uh, where our heart is. Our heart is more um, intellectually dominating the person. Now, granted, right. debating is fun. I'm not going to say it's not. I enjoy a good debate. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whether I'm involved in it or whether I'm, I'm listening in on something. And so in my own sinful imperfection, I'm not always thinking of the unbeliever as kind of a lost soul that needs to hear the gospel. Sometimes I, I too can get caught up, you know, in, in kind of the just wanting to win the discussion. You'll never see it because I have manners Right. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to be like, I don't try to come off in a really arrogant way, but in the depths of my heart, my heart's not always in the right position. Right, and right. so that's why conversations like this, you know, mm-hmm. reading scriptures and encouraging others to be consistent with what, what the Bible says reminds us of the importance of, Hey, let's make sure we make that clear division. It's not just about arguing and winning debates. It's also about loving the people you're speaking with um, and understanding that other people are going to be hearing what you're saying. And you want to you want to represent Christ in a way that is glorifying to Him and consistent with Scripture. Amen, bro. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Don't worry, this podcast episode will continue after a quick message or two from our sponsors and partners. As a Reformed minister in, in Uganda, I can imagine you have challenges. The prosperity gospel is so attractive. It's so attractive to hear that God wants you to be rich and God wants you to have everything. And then here comes Pastor Mafabi with a solid gospel. How do you deal with all that? The challenge which we are facing right now uh, of our church being relocated, the owner told us that he wants us to vacate uh, by the of this month. But because he has been involved in a Pentecostal movement, they just want to give us a hard time yeah. to break down the church and try to struggle again and then also being in the Muslim community, I do face a number of challenges. I was arrested some years back and in prison for no reason. For, for going out to preach the gospel to a Muslim family, you know, I was arrested, I was detained until I had to pay a lot of money. But what I know is Apostle Paul has told us and we know that in the gospel we must pay the price. To preach the gospel, you must have a sacrificial life. That's who I am. You can listen to my full interview with Pastor Mafabi on the Saints Edified YouTube channel. Now more than ever, our, our brother needs our support. Go check out the glow section on SaintsEdified.com to learn more about Pastor Mafabi's ministry. I've known Mafabi now for about a decade. He's a Reformed Baptist minister in Uganda who loves serving his community and children in need. We are proudly partnered with New Hope for Africa, which is what we use to donate to our friend's ministry. Visit NewHopeForAfrica.com and be sure to note that your donations are for Pastor Mafabi. Thank you. Now, back to our show. In 2010, you had a debate with, um, with Eddie Tavish, right? Yes. Well, personally, I think, Ed, I think Eddie is, is probably the most um, underrated 
or probably uh, he's not he's not as well known as these other guys. But I think he's probably the probably one of the best debaters, and I think it's because he's a a constitutional lawyer. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> he's a he's a skilled debater. He loves debates. Yes. I remember before the debate started, he was like a little kid. He's all. You know, clapping his hand. And, and I, I don't know if you saw the video, but he was so excited to start the debate. You know, and and um, and so. Uh, but anyways, Edward, he's uh, or Eddie, he's. I, I know Bonson debated him. I'm, I'm calling you guys by your first name because even in the debate, you guys yes. agreed to. He wanted the debate to be, uh, in that sense, sort of colloquial, friendly. Okay. Uh, the formality of the debate, and I'll say something about that. The formality of the debate, he wanted that formality to be cloaked in a friendly kind of. Let's okay. be on a first name basis. Let's. Let's remove all that kind of pretense mm -hmm. and let the form and structure of the debate be the form and structure of the debate, but the way we would speak to and address each other would be in a friendly kind of manner. Okay. Was Eddie someone that you talked to on like before? Like, did you just have any relationship before the debate? Or So, yes. And uh, so this was 2010. Uh, in 2007, uh, Chad Vegas had been invited to um, speak on a panel uh, set up by the Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. Uh, a four-membered panel uh, that was going to have a, a member of the Mormon Church, uh, a member of the Catholic Church, uh, Eddie representing secular humanism, mm -hmm. and then uh, a member of a Protestant church. Okay. And so uh, one of the local bishops of the Mormon Church was there. Uh, one of the uh, Catholic uh, local Catholic uh, priest. In fact, it, it might even have been one who teaches at BC was there. Uh, Eddie was there and I was there. And so we're really speaking on the, the question of the First Amendment, uh, separation of church and state, mm -hmm. and what would be our arguments or reasoning for uh, defending a particular view of the separation of church and state and the uh, First Amendment right to the uh, freedom of uh, religion, freedom of worship. Okay. It was after being on that panel with him that Eddie came up to me and he said, um, you're a Presbyterian. I recognize your methodology. Uh, I debated Greg Bonson. Oh, ago. really? <laughs> that was our first contact. Oh, yes. man. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty neat. <laughs> so we chatted with each other a little bit after that. Uh, and then I got a second invitation in 2010, uh, again from the Americans United for the Separation of Church and State, to do a more formal, but not a perfectly formal, but a more formalized uh, kind of debate with Eddie Tabish again, on a First Amendment issue. Uh, and so they were asking Eddie to speak to this, and then they uh, contacted me and asked me to speak to this. And we were given a small room at Beale, uh, uh, and uh, we overflowed that, and so we had to take 30 minutes to reestablish ourselves in the Beale Library Auditorium because we had somewhere between uh, 120, 130 people show up. Uh, many of them happened to be uh, students from Bakersfield Christian High School, but there were a number of people from the community. And so we had this friendly kind of debate uh, back and forth over uh, uh, whether the cross was a violation of the First uh, Amendment and the Establishment Clause. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, in October of that year, that was in April, in October of that year, when the Supreme Court gave back its decision, uh, the decision was the cross could stand, that it didn't violate the Establishment clause. And I was pleasantly surprised that in their opinion, uh, their chief arguments mirrored arguments that I had presented in my case against Tabish's position. Oh, man. Uh, so that was because I'm not a constitutional attorney. I don't have a lot of training in this. It was after the 20, uh, uh, 2009 uh, April thing that we're walking out to 
uh, the parking lot together. And that's when he proposes a debate. And he said, uh, uh, oh, and the debate, by the way, is, was highly structured. Uh, Eddie set up the debate rules. Okay. And this will answer something that occurs later on. Yeah. Uh, he taunts me as to why I'm not willing to talk about the Christian God. Yeah, that, that, that was frustrating for me to hear. <laughs> uh, but the fact is, is that when you set up a debate and you establish the question, if you don't address the question, you are, in terms of the forensic debate rules, gone, you have gone off topic. And judges uh, will actually score you down if you go off topic. Oh, wow. Well, he had basically said to me, this is the topic. This is how we're doing it. We're going to stick to this. And I said, I'm happy to stick to this. Uh, so that meant that I didn't, uh, in any sense, touch the arsenal of other kinds of arguments that we might use right. uh, with respect to Christ, his historicity, his claims to be God, uh, the validation of those claims, all kinds of things that would support the concept of the Christian God. No, it was just the classical view of God, the Judeo-Christianity provides the, the God of the Abrahamic tradition, the God that's necessary to uh, establish or state uh, the classical problem of evil. Mm -hmm. He was saying that a lot. Like, I think yes. I remember at least three different times where he yes. kept saying it over and over again. And I'm like, no. I was like, earlier in the debate, I think Randy even said... I started out by making it clear that our specific topic was this. Yeah. And that's why we weren't going to go anyplace else. But but you even said, too, in, in defining the classical view of God. I was going to ask you about that as well. You know, uh, when, when, when you were explaining the classical view of God, you included uh, the God of Abraham. And, yes. And, 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 and Jews and Christians, you know. Yes. You know, and then you even, clar you even clarified on your rebuttal, like... I'm not trying to shy away from, and I know you, you know, you wouldn't shy away from that. And I couldn't really understand why he was saying those things over and over again. I'm, I'm glad you clarified. Well, and, and, uh, I had the, uh, there was a temptation during the debate at that point to stop and say, we're following the rules that you set, Eddie, mm -hmm. we're following the debate format that you set. So why are we trying, why are you trying now to bait me into breaking the rules that you specifically set and agreed to? Right. I'm being consistent. What mm -hmm. you're asking me to do here is being terribly inconsistent right. to the groundwork for the rules of the debate. But um, I think I'm thankful that I didn't go that direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, um, and this is something that I was talking to my buddies about, you know, there's, and, and I most people don't know who I'm talking about when I say Chad Vegas, you know, he's my former pastor. Yes. I, I still consider him a pastor of mine. Like more, sure, I, see, he's, I, I see him more like a big brother to me. You know, he's, he, a, he's, a, he's someone I go to a lot. He's of huge influence in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's taught me out a lot too. Um, now his method of debate, it's way different than yours. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's almost like he, he, it's almost like he has no issue of like making someone look foolish. At, at times, I feel like he wants to do that. And, uh, and we who love Chad recognize that God has given to him one of the sharpest minds yeah. that you can imagine, and a what I would call a good Type A personality. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and so he ought to use that. Right. Um, I don't have that personality, <laughs> and I had my whole church. Uh, praying during all the weeks of preparation oh, nice. that I would be a consummate gentleman That's because, well, yeah. because if you push me into a corner, my tendency <laughs> is, okay, if you're going to play dirty, I'll play dirty too. <laughs> and I was praying, God, don't let me go there. Yeah. As much as my heart may want to go there, don't let me go there. Right. Let me be the way my church has prayed for me. Let me be the way that you mm -hmm. want me to be. And let me conduct myself as a Christian gentleman in all of this. That is, uh, it's funny that you're saying that, you know, this, this morning I was talking to my buddies about that and I was like, you know what, my pastor, he's a gentleman. He's not going to start throwing low, blow, uh, low blows or, or anything. I mean, he's going to, he's going to treat someone with respect, you know, and, 
And I think of that verse in Timothy, you know, where we respond in gentleness and perhaps God may grant them yeah. repentance, right? right. I, I, sp I spoke about that on my recent episode um, yeah. uh, last week, actually. I spoke about that. And so I'm, I'm glad you actually, uh, I, I'm personally glad you took that route, you know. Um, well, I'll say this. I had hundreds of students that I was bearing witness to, mm -hmm. and especially uh, my own senior students, where I had talked to them again and again about how they handle their research papers. And in the research papers, I said, I will grade you low if you don't treat the opposition, the position that you don't agree with, if you don't treat that position with the greatest amount of respect, you will get serious points deducted on your grade. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't treat uh, uh, Eddie with the utmost respect right. and, uh, and to be the kind of person and gentleman that, that I thought God wanted me to be, I would have been discrediting my whole approach in teaching. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I want to live up to that at all times. Right. Sadly, I don't. But I think it's very important to right. strive to be that kind of person. And um, it's the kind of person I think God would want me to be. Yeah. So. yeah no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. I wasn't really expecting you to go go there, but I was talking about that to, to, my, to my two buddies on, on yeah. the East Coast this morning. Yeah. I just thought it was pretty cool. So yeah. I was going to ask you next, uh, how did you prepare for this debate? My debate preparation uh, involved two things. One thing I definitely have to hit up, bro. I mean, again, you hear it a lot. You, people compliment you of how respectful you are. Um, but I, I, one thing that I, I really wish every apologetic book had was mm -hmm. a, a section on a whole chapter on Christian character, right? Mm. Um, because even, even our main passage that we use, First uh, Peter 3, 14 through 16, I'll just read it really fast here. Um, it says this, but even if you should suffer righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. And then we just stop it there, right? Uh, but but, but, but if, if you keep reading, though, yet do it with gentleness and respect, right. having a good conscience so that when you are standard, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And, and man, I mean, like, that, that last half... I, I remember uh, asked James White a question. Um, he came to um, California. Um, I can't remember if it was Long Beach or what it was, but it was mm -hmm. he, it was it was a discussion he had, he had. And I remember the question I asked him was, "What do you do when you, when you feel like you're kind of getting prideful a little bit? You know, you, you feel you're feeling pride and you feel like, man, I'm 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 just slaughtering this guy here, uh, but yet you know that that's not what is honoring to God. You know." And I think he thought I was talking about myself because he, he kind of <laughs> kind of rebuked me. He kind of rebuked me a little bit. Man. <laughs> He's like, "There's no room for pride in God's hand." And I was like, "Oh <laughs> man, like that. yeah." I was like, "Oh, wow. there's no room." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and and, and uh, anyway, so because I I do think early on I saw this and um and I just remember reading that second half and I just felt so convicted. I'm like, I'm a horrible Christian right now, man. I was like, mm. I, I, sh I shouldn't do apologetics, you know. And um, so anyways, uh, there's more scripture, um, but I, I wanted to ask you, man, uh, what's the relation? Because obviously, like, you're really good at it, though. And, and I mean that not to, um, um, you know, give you a big head or whatever. But, you know, I really do. I really do appreciate your, your, your ministry, man, and, and, how, and how you conduct yourself in these uh, discussions. So what would you say is the, is the relation between the heart and mind when preparing yourself for... We'll return after these messages. This podcast episode will continue after a quick message or two from our sponsors and partners. 
Eternity Ready Radio is an online 24-7 family-friendly Christian radio station. You can tune into hymns, contemporary music, and more. They also provide a variety of programs and shows, including the Saints Edified podcast that you're listening to right now. There is no subscription. You can listen to ER Radio for free by simply visiting www.eternityreadyradio.com. And don't forget to catch the Saints Edified podcast on ER Radio every Friday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to www.eternityreadyradio.com today. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Um, hopefully others who hear this, who might be going through the same thing, would be encouraged by your story. So. Well, I hope so. And, and if I could say something to those who may go through those experiences, um, one, of the, one of the most dangerous things that I think you can see develop in the heart of a pastor, but really in the heart of any believer, is cynicism, resentment, and unrighteous anger, frustration. There needs to be a burden um, on our hearts when we see seemingly true believers, sincere believers who love the Lord, um, leaving a, a congregation of the Lord's people for doctrinal reasons. Now, in, in many cases, you may say, maybe it's for the best, you know? I, I mean, maybe their presence would have been disruptive. Maybe it would have been divisive. Maybe, maybe it was an inevitable separation. But we need to grieve over that. Um, we need to love the people whom Christ has loved. We need to be willing to lay down our lives to serve the people whom Christ yeah. uh, died to redeem. And so without, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy to be an angry, aggressive young Calvinist. Yeah. Uh, it is easy to come in so full of vim and vigor, so convinced that you've got, you know, a corner on the, the truth market and, and just start lobbing doctrinal hand grenades. And again, I mean, you know me well enough, brother, to know that I think doctrine is super important. Oh, I'm yeah. really committed to, I, I think, a very robust treatment of the yeah. word. And uh, we, we're very committed to that here. But at the same time, we have to remember to love people. Yes. And, and we have to remember to meet people where they are. That doesn't mean that we're always going to be able to maintain fellowship in a local congregation. But as much as possible, we want to try to maintain relationships. We want to have relationships of love. We've, we've had people uh, who have left our church uh, who were credo-baptistic in their convictions, and they just couldn't get past you know, the fact that we were now baptizing infants. And in those cases, we've tried to maintain good relationships, to yes. give them uh, you know, uh, letters of standing, our, our heartfelt uh, recommendation to other faithful gospel-preaching churches, and tried to, to maintain Right. as much as possible, good relationships. And I realize that sometimes it's not possible, right. but we need to endeavor to do that and remember that it's not just about being right about the issues. It's also about being right in our attitudes toward one another and trying to love each other. I know I have not done that well many mm -hmm. times in my life, uh, especially over the last two decades, uh, but it's something that I think I, I, we need to be committed to and that I, that I want to do better than I have. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, if you would like to listen to the full interview or discussion of one or more of these clips, all you have to do is look in the description. There you will find links to the full interviews or discussion on our YouTube page. I would also like to remind you once more that Saints Edified is a listener-supported ministry. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support, consider being a monthly Patreon member by visiting www.patreon.com slash saintsedified. Even $2 a month would be greatly appreciated. Those few dollars every month will help keep this ministry online and growing. Well, that's all I have for you for now. Saints, until next time. Sole de Gloria.